Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And I'm going to jump in. Casey, I did not check if we were recording. Are we recording? If so, let's just leave this all in. I'll get a behind-the-scenes look. <laughs> they will hear it because I'm recording. Okay, fantastic. Why, why do we ask these questions, Ledman? Because Casey has, uh, <laughs> re- well, we've, quote, recorded, unquote, uh, an episode of the podcast that was not ever recorded, so... I always try to check beforehand. Yeah, but no, hey, we we're barely entertaining to ourselves the first time. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> hey, Casey does all the hard work. It's the least I could do to make sure he's mm-hmm. he's uh, hitting the record button. So all right, Pixie zero. Ooh, good, good. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Purdue's upcoming game against Nebraska, um, a Big Ten West showdown. Showdown but time. First, I wanted to talk to you about some. News that came out of Big Ten Media Days. Uh, the the oh, is it going to be the whiny boy? It is, is going to be, be the whiny, whiny boy. boy. Because the the reason I wanted to bring this up is because I know you have opinions and I wanted to hear them. Loyalty I wanted them recorded. Get loyal to me, the goblin of the Big Ten. Could you tell who I was? No, no I couldn't. So the quote. Uh, I'm about to read you, is from Tom Izzo, head coach of the Michigan State Spartans, at Big Ten Media Days. Here you go. Quote, We're supposed to be loyal to the kids. Since when are they not supposed to be loyal to the programs? When did that phenomenon happen? End quote. (laughs) He sounds like the creepy ex-boyfriend, Ledman. (laughs) 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 He thought she was going to be loyal to me. So you have strong opinions on this. I He's would love to hear. He's such a whiny man child. Why is he still coaching? Just quit. You yeah, don't love it, this it anymore. Is... Why? Why do coaches just really want to be cult leaders? Well, you're not at wrong. least in college. Like, yeah, college that, especially. Whole... It doesn't really fly in the NBA or you no, know, the NFL because they're they make grown more men than that are allowed to make their own choices. Yeah. Which guess what? These 18 to 22 year olds, they are too. They um, don't have to be loyal. They have, once again, finite amount of time there. They're not getting paid millions, and they're not going to be there for 30 years. Why would they waste four years of service to some old man to make him happy? Because that's the way it's supposed to be. Leave your jobs, people. Leave them. (laughs) Well, you know, if you go and you look at the tweet, of course, this was from uh, a reporter uh, who covers the Big Ten, John Fanta. But if if you look at just the kind of replies, everyone is just dunking on Izzo. And there's some important uh, questions that people raise. For instance, Izzo, you know, he's he's garnered a few transfers in his time at Michigan mm. State. Uh, for instance, Joey Hauser. Didn't have a problem with their loyalty, huh? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Joey Hauser came in from Marquette, and uh, Izzo was very mad when the NCAA did not grant him immediate mm. eligibility. I wonder why. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems almost as if when things are good for him, it doesn't matter what's going on but if it's bad for him it's upsetting and it needs to change that that makes sense to everything i know about coaches so. <laughs> yeah it's it's so it's an, just, it's an amazing it's an amazing thing to say when you make millions of dollars at your job and you rely on the unpaid labor of 18 to 22 year olds to argue about loyalty uh, when we, we can't you go know damn we can't go too far down this trail, but I hope you have this talk to me in like two weeks. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I will do exactly that. Um, that's a tease, folks. That's what we call a tease in the business. Um, Easter egg. But, you know, he's he's asking for loyalty from these kids. Mm-hmm. When you know damn well mm-hmm. if, if Izzo has no scholarships to give, but the number one mm-hmm. recruit in the nation decommits, calls him on the phone, and says, 
Coach Izzo, I'm coming. You you got to make room for me. By you know lawyer. damn well he is kicking someone to the curb immediately. It, it's it's big CEO talking to an intern energy, right? Yeah, it's like, why like, aren't you working 60 yeah, hours? This, this is all because of me. I I, I gave you this opportunity. And, right. You should be grateful. You're going to take money elsewhere? A pagal. It's the only the only bad quality of Coach Painter is that him and Izzo really get along. They do seem to, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty. I think they've been pretty open about it. It it, it worries me slightly that behind the scenes, um, Painter might like not full hearted disagree with some of this stuff. And I'm like, why why are you hanging? Yeah, out but with at least I mean, but, uh, it, it, we all Painter, hang out with people think, we don't agree with. Yeah, I think Painter is not to the I don't give an f age where mm-hmm. Tom Izzo is. Um, I, I think he's been around for so long that he's basically like, you know what? I'm going to say what I want. Curmudgeon. They're not going to do anything to me. Curmudgeon. Yeah. And I mean, on, also regardless, apparently. So regardless of the scholarship situation and being able to, you know, kick kids out um, if they have a better player or to basically nudge them out the door, you know, damn well. Also, any lower tier coach or coach in general who gets a better offer with more money from a bigger name school is going to rush out that door. They're not staying to finish the careers of the kids they've recruited. They're not having grand meetings apologizing to them uh, and saying, I know I said I would be here the whole time, but I've got to go. No, they're taking the money, signing the contract, sneaking out the back door, and the assistant coach is having to give a, give a team meeting about, you know, coach so-and-so is, is heading off to the Big Ten or the Big East or something. Um, so you know these coaches aren't any more loyal than anybody else. Yeah, um, this is weird. Izzo, his first coaching job wasn't Michigan State. I thought he, I assumed, I assumed that he graduated college, worked as a janitor, uh, mm-hmm. and then people saw him coaching a a, a uh, pickup game between the janitors, and they were like, next Michigan State coach right there, and they just hired him. Is that not what happened? It's pretty close. But okay. He, he did coach at a high school and then okay. well, I, I wonder if he was coach, also the janitor at the assistant high school. janitor at Northern Michigan. Okay. And then Michigan. Nope. That's so Tulane, weird. T- Tulsa too. Tulsa. Not, see, that can't be right. Mm. That can't be right. I don't mm. now. Ha, there's, there must be some mistake because loyalty is so important to him mm-hmm. that I would imagine he would have Never just stayed. Yes. Yeah, stay at one job. You mm-hmm. take the one job in your life. Uh, doesn't oh, matter do how think, you're treated. Do you think uh, he left the one year there were no promises to kids? Wait, what? Remember that one year when there was no promises to kids? I have no idea what you're talking no, about. No players. It's the only way it could happen. Oh, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. A year without year, scholarships. Every year that he left, there they had no nothing but walk-ons uh, that he had just invited to practice. And then he was like, look, I'm doing this because I'm leaving at the end of the season. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. So that really explains it. So uh, we're not big fans of Tom Izzo here on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And this is just yet another reason to add to the pile. So one uh, other basketball note, I wanted to hear what you thought of the new jerseys. They were announced Ooh. last week. They were announced the day after we recorded, so we didn't really get to talk about it. Um, but I wanted to hear your thoughts. I thought it was a mistake. The white ones are trimmed with gold and not black. Okay. I like that. Um, I think the lettering is unique. It's very old school. Gives me a little bit like Hickory vibes. The, yeah. the lettering, the circle, kind of like pacer kind of thing. I think they're good. Um, I still don't feel like they're 10 out of 10. Oh, I love them. I, think I, I like them I think a lot. It's, I think it's the best Purdue jersey since Glenn Robinson. That could be. 
I, I, it's also hard to tell before you like see them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we saw them so, in the video, and they've and they've put some stills out now. But I think it is the best Purdue jersey since Glenn Robinson. It's very that's like probably it's a, fair. that's not a uh, not a hard contest, a high, a high bar to no. to go over. Uh, but I mean, you know, you can see shades of the old John Wooden jerseys in mm. them, um, and I really love that. I like the shorter shorts rather than you know. We love Lou Jack here on this podcast, but I'm not sure what you can call what he was wearing shorts. Show off some thigh, man. Come yeah, on. that's right. These guys are in great shape. Yeah. Um, if I if I was in if I was in shape like they were, I would hardly wear pants. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, I know one of the biggest quibbles people had is they wanted a script Purdue uh, on at least one of them, and maybe they'll have that as an alternate. Mm-hmm. Maybe they won't, but um, it's at least something that they have in their back pocket. Should they do it in the future, but. I definitely think these new jerseys are an improvement over what Purdue had, uh, you know, in the decades. It was just, so jerseys had this little, I want to say mid, the mid aughts where like all the gray and the blocky and like the Miami hurricanes had the shoulder pads that were different color. And it just felt like Purdue just stuck there and never moved past while other schools did. Well, so much of it, so much of it relies on your, your partner. So in this case, well, no, I mean, that's, it's just how it is. If we pushed for it, we would have had New Jersey. Well, I mean, but we got New Jerseys multiple times. It's just a matter of they're coming to you with ideas. And I mean, if Matt Painter's like, I don't like these, sure, they'll go back to the drawing board. But do we really know how, how much, much input? input? Like Matt, yeah, I don't know. I think that might be my first question for him this year. How much input did you have on the jerseys? Good. You know, keep that one in your notebook. Uh, <laughs> ask him that uh, when you go to first you don't day of practice. Know? I would actually like to know. I think it'd be interesting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think these are a huge improvement. Um, mm-hmm. again, best jerseys Purdue has had in years. Um, I just got so tired of the, you know, I like the cattle catcher design of Purdue that was on the old jerseys, but other than that, it's just like different shades of black and maybe the weird pattern on the back of the jerseys and the sides that Nike did in the late two thousands or they like name programs, but other than that, I mean, not a whole lot going on there. And they didn't really look uniquely Purdue. Um, and I think these no, have that old feel. Not, yeah, not at all. They look they look good, I think. It's still hard to tell. I like them. But, I just, like I said, I think they're very clean. Uh, they make me – they evoke Purdue for me when I look at them. And it's something I'm looking forward to see, uh, seeing in-game action. So uh, there we go. Any final thoughts on these jerseys before we take our break? No. I think <laughs> that, that sounded so sad. Yeah. No, I'm no. just not sure. It's hard to have a hot take on a jersey. They're, they're good. They're going to be good. Yeah, they're going to be great. All right, there we go. I, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the old ones again. And the old, old ones like, as in from last season. I Were they still the, the cattle catcher design with yeah, the lettering? Yeah. They so were. bad. I, see, I, I, I don't like it at all. That's the only aspect I liked. I don't. It, it looks so clunky. The, the one zero, like the clean zero circled underneath. Yeah, this is. This is much better. Oh, I agree. I agree. I'm happy. Very happy. All right, there we go. So we're going to take a break, come back to take a look at the upcoming game against Nebraska. And we are back. So as promised, we're going to look ahead to Purdue's game on Saturday. This is a Saturday night game, 7.30 kickoff. Ledman, stop me. I'm about to order a hoodie, too. Again? Oh, a different one. A different one. So what you all don't know, I'm going to give you fans uh, a behind the scenes here. Generally, while we're while we're recording, Casey is not paying attention. Generally, just <laughs> doing online shopping. Uh, sometimes he eats bagel bites. Um, 
You know, he just chooses the loudest things to eat, <laughs> and now he's just doing his online shopping. So do not say the name of the website because they do not pay us. So maybe if they do, um, we would say it, but right now we're good. Uh, so now Casey is just on a spending spree of random Purdue gear. So yes. we are, instead of while he does that, I'll do all the hard lift, heavy lifting here. Purdue playing at or playing Nebraska at Ross-Age Stadium, 7.30 p.m. kickoff time, which – I know I've said before on this show, great for me as my son goes to bed around 7.50, and that's, that's, when I'm, that's when I'm relieved of duty and can head downstairs and start watching. Uh, so really great for me. Um, Nebraska currently 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten, 2-1, and one, or 3-3 three and three overall, 2-1 and one in the Big Ten, uh, tied atop the Big Ten West standings. Last year, just an abysmal season. They were 3-9, three and, three and nine, one and 8 in the Big Ten, and they you lost. You hate to see it. Yeah, lost numerous one-score games. Of course, earlier this season, Nebraska fired their head coach, Scott Frost, and currently have an interim head coach. Casey, here is your first question. What is the name of the interim head coach at Nebraska? Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> well, you know that's not right. He is an actor. <laughs> the is that coach, your, that's cool. Is that your final guess? Uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Also, no. It is, he Mickey, is a coach, though. Mickey Joseph. And that is all I can tell you about Mickey Joseph. He's not Scott Frost. That Well, that is also true. How much uh, money are they paying him to go away at the end it, of the year? Well, he probably doesn't have uh, a buyout of any kind, I would imagine, as the interim head coach. Uh, he probably got a nice little pay bump, uh, but just for the season, I would think. So yeah. Nebraska started the season over in Ireland playing Northwestern and lost 31-28. to Nebraska, uh, Northwestern, of course, terrible this year. So uh, that is not a good sign for Nebraska. They then went ahead. They had a bounce-back game by beating North Dakota, but then lost two in a row, these two, Georgia Southern and then Oklahoma. Uh, lost to Georgia Southern by three and then lost to Oklahoma by 35. So uh, they've had two wins in a row, though. They've, they've given us some mm. life. They beat IU 35 to 21, and then they beat Rutgers 14 to 13. So this uh, Nebraska team has not beaten a good program all I've, year. I've always said if you brought Georgia Southern and put them in the Big Ten, they'd be at least third. At least, yeah. <laughs> on a on a down year, even probably mm, right on a rough stretch. Yeah, on a rough stretch. So this is. Not it sounds th- like the firing worked. Worth every uh, penny yeah. of that 14 million. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're 2-1 and one under interim head coach. What's his name, Casey? Mickey Jameis. You are so close. Mickey Joseph. There we go. Mickey Joseph. Yeah, they're 2-1 and one under the interim head coach. Um, unfortunately, Landry from Friday Night Lights was fired. No longer prowling the sideline. Um, of course, he did kill that guy, but they just – What? Wrote, spoiler? They, they just wrote, no. A spoil, you can't have a spoiler? spoiler for a show that was on 15 years ago. Anything can spoil. And, you know, they, he killed a guy, and then they just wrote it basically off the show with a couple lines. It was a weird situation. Uh, good show, though, overall, would recommend. But, Casey, one yes. more question. No. Who is the quarterback at Nebraska right now? That's not fair. We talked about this beforehand. We did. Casey but do you remember? Thompson. Yes, that is absolutely right. Sweet. Uh, so he replaced uh, 
Adrian Martinez, who had seemingly been at Nebraska for decades. Uh, Thompson is a transfer from Texas. He's been he's been decent. Um, completed 118 of 180 passes, just shy of 1,500 yards, nine touchdowns, six interceptions. He has been sacked 15 times though. Uh, which is not great for the Nebraska offensive line. Uh, Casey, is there anything when you're looking at the stats for this Nebraska team that stands out for you on either like, side of the ball? I say I like that they're not good at defense. Yes, it's a big um, plus. That's very encouraging. Um, and and I'm not and I'm being sincere about that because I feel like our offense is wobbly, getting closer. Yeah, but definitely wobbly is a good word. Yeah. Um. I don't think it's very often that you get in the middle of a season a get-right game. Yeah, that's and true. And this is the definition of a get-right game. Um, they're really bad against the run, 4.9 yards a carry. Um, and like you said, they haven't played like a bunch of dominant teams. Yeah, it's not so, a murderer's row, their schedule. And I think we've seen when we're effective on the ground, uh, our, our offense really does uh, you know, jump up even more levels because AOC is a very accurate passer. The biggest thing about a run game is defensive linemen can't really uh, just run straight ahead anymore. They have to be worried about filling lanes. Uh, they have to worry about the handoffs, which way the ball's going. So they can't get to the quarterback as quickly. So all of a sudden, you have an extra second or two in the pocket. And if AOC mm-hmm. has that, generally he's going to find someone. Yeah. Um, generally, he's, you know, after an early season inefficiency with pass completions, he's you know, got back up there. I think we're about 65% completion rate as a team now. And so if we're able to run the ball, get play action going, get some deep shots, I, I feel good about our offense. And it's still Nebraska playing offense. <laughs> Doesn't scare me a bunch. No, they, they've no. definitely, it's a better passing attack than we've seen for the last 13 years with uh, Adrian Martinez behind center. But, but as we talked about with the Purdue jerseys, low bar to clear. Low, so low. Um, But yeah, they're, they're a, decent to middling offense not not particularly good at scoring which is i heard important um so yeah it's we are now four and two correct that is correct the big 10 west is ours to win we would hope it's looking like us or illinois at this point this this can't if we're going to have any goodwill and feeling towards this team we need to beat nebraska by 15 to 25 points uh, I would disagree. We need to beat Nebraska by one point. I want to see us win by more than a last possession game. We're playing Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, I would love that too. But at this point, I've kind of accepted I, the I fact wasn't... that this team is going to give me a heart attack. This particular team, this 2022 Purdue my, football team. My scenario so is I'm if we were going to feel confident, we're going to need to see a big win. I mean, to yeah. To get out of I, that I, funk. I just, I feel like we're living in the funk. Like that. I don't want to be in the funk. I, I don't want to either, but at a certain point, we have to accept that we're in the funk. I mean, every game this season, you know, excepting the Indiana State game, has just been a wild, wild ride. It's been a funk zone. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to get out of that. They're, this is Nebraska still, and that means something a lot different than it did 15 years ago. Yeah, it's true. 20 years ago. So anytime, anytime Nebraska, Re- what would yeah, you say? It wasn't worth it. Okay, good. I promise. Uh, anytime Nebraska comes up in in any athletic capacity, I always think of the old "This Is Sports Center" commercial, mm. where the guy is trying to get the custom license plate. Do you know the one I'm talking about? No. He he goes up. To, he's like at the DMV, and he's like, "What about Brask? Uh, Brasky boy? Brasky mm. pants?" Mm. It's just, it's. I think it's just one of the best. Uh, this is Sports Brask. Center commercials. Uh, 
Kentucky. Brass, bra- what about Brask? Nebraska? Uh, it's just, it's perfect. I will probably put that in the post about this podcast just so everyone can bask in its glory. Um, I will say uh, Anthony Grant's a uh, pretty good running back, so we, we okay. have to stop him. 647 yards on the season, 133 carries. He's the, the whole lot of their offense. Uh, yeah. And then their passing Trey attack Palmer. goes through Trey pretty Palmer much one guy. A lot yeah, of Trey Palmer. Yeah. So it, it's two guys. We're, we haven't played many teams with standout guys on offense. No. And so it'll be a good test to see how we can we can do to take out pretty much the two weapons Nebraska has. Yeah, or, you would you would hope you, you know. would hope just like teams have tried to figure out Charlie Jones on Purdue and Maryland did a damn good job. If you can take out you know the number one wide receiver with who you know who has a huge huge gap to get to the number two wide receiver, it's really going to help your defense. And hopefully the Purdue defense can scheme. Uh, maybe it's bracket coverage. Maybe it's you know doing whatever they need to do to slow down Trey Palmer and keep the ball out of his hands. That is just going to make things way easier for the rest of the defense. Agreed. Our corners have been particularly up and down. I think they've yeah, been really good at times and really, really bad at times. So it'll be interesting to see how we do against uh, one of the better receivers in the big time. Yeah. Um, injury news, of course, Dylan Downing out for this game. Um, so now it looks like even more of the load is going to be carried by Maccabee. So we are just, you know, uh, be happy. We are just shedding, shedding running backs at this, at this point. So, um, there's a number. We also lost an offensive lineman this week, um, had to retire due to, I believe a back injury. Yeah. Um, we don't love that. I mean, we're only playing roughly six, maybe even seven guys on the line i think i think six so we could be down down to five at this point it's just scary when anyone has to retire from anything at the age of 21 yeah yeah never a good sign um so yeah daniel johnson was the grad transfer who was playing uh left tackle he's now out for the season Um, i heard that's an important position yeah so we don't love that um we also have a player out um chris jefferson uh one of our one of our dbs what he's uh, yeah chris jefferson it was announced that he was out, and they just said for an indefinite amount of time. And then Chris Jefferson himself uh, came on Twitter and said, basically, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it because I don't want to butcher it. Um, hold on, you might want to pause it just for a second. This this Chris Jefferson is the guy who uh, had the big pick six against Penn State and nearly had another one or two uh, earlier in the season as well. That's right. Yes. Okay. So he went on Twitter and said. I'm going to be right back. Mental health is most important. We still going to handle business. All right. Well, get so, well. Yeah. Uh, whatever he's got going on, we, we wish him the best. We hope he can take care of going it. To, going to Nebraska is not good for anyone's health. Well, it's a home game, so. <laughs> but they're bringing Nebraska with them. Yeah. Maybe he's going to Nebraska to just to get as Ooh. far away from Ooh. the Nebraska football as possible. Um, so we're going to be missing him as well. So. A lot of guys missing from this Purdue team right now. Hopefully, we can figure out a way to get them all healthy. Um, but if you're gonna if you're gonna lose a few guys for for a Big Ten game, hopefully we can handle it uh, against a Nebraska team that has not really played anybody of note and has not played well on the season. All right, are you ready then for our favorite segment that hasn't been a segment but was kind of a segment once? Sure. We're gonna go with the names, the best names in Nebraska. Okay. Ready? Yeah. I these two are so good. I don't know which one is like the hammer, which one I should uh, finish with. Let's just, I, okay. This is a backup quarterback who has eight carries and 21 yards on the season. Chubba Purdy. Wow. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Chubba no no Purdy. notes. First name and last name. Absolutely top notch. And then this one. This this is a work of art. You think this one's better? I, I it might be. Okay. I don't think the combination's better, but the first the first name. Wide receiver, no catches. Oh good. well great. The coldest Crawford. Yes. D E. I remember C-O-L-D I remember reading E-S-T. this guy. Didn't and I'm the pretty, coldest. I am pretty sure he has an uh an NIL deal with like an HVAC company. I certainly hope so. What's his last name? Crawford. Crawford? That's what I thought. Hold on. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he has an NIL deal with like a we we should have been doing this all year and like picked out the two best from each team and yes. the best, but that is a strong one two punch. Yeah. Um and I'm gonna read the name of the company because it's in Nebraska and it's not like I'm giving them much here. S and S Heating and Cooling. They they tweeted, We are excited to introduce our new spokesperson, Huskers wide receiver, Decoldus Crawford. If anyone knows <laughs> yeah. no, wait, keep listening. If anyone knows which HVAC company is the coldest in Nebraska, it's him. They're not going to say his name again? Yeah, you would have thought. They what really an awful it. ad read. They really If anyone knows it. what the coldest yeah. AC company in the city is, it's like, the coldest. You're well, welcome. No, they didn't even have to do that. They they missed they missed the gimme putt. They should have just said which HVAC company is the coldest in Nebraska. It's him. Like no one would assume that was his name. Yeah, but you they have said to be explicit first. about it. But they said his name first. Yeah, but just regardless, no. all of those are better. Oh, oh. So before we get to predictions, before we get to predictions, there is one final thing to follow up on the game against Maryland. So if you'll recall in the last podcast, Casey said I was an idiot uh, because I agreed with Jeff Brom's decision to uh, take the the knees before punching it in on that uh, final drive for Purdue. Mm-hmm. He said mm-hmm. uh, that I was an idiot and that it was obvious that the, the strategy was stupid. So I said I would put out a poll on Twitter as well as on our webpage. So the question I put out, as promised on the most recent podcast, I'm putting out a poll this morning. Was Brom's strategy of the AOC kneel downs after the Durham long catch smart or stupid? On Twitter, we had 1,537 votes. Total percentages, smart, 86%. Stupid, 14%. Is there anything you'd like to say to that? Yeah, 86% of you are stupid. You got you got to love What do you just, want from me? Just insulting 86% of the fan base. Um so I also put that I also put that on uh, our website and I'm viewing the results now. They just have to load. Same question. Uh we have 590 votes total on the website. 90% smart, 10% stupid. So if if we average out the two percentages Putting aside the fact that they're not equal number of votes, it would be 88 to 12. So you, the masses have spoken, and they've said that Casey was wrong. That's fine. And he's got to live with that. So now that you've taken your big fat L, what do you think is going to happen? Purdue versus Nebraska, 7.30 p.m., Saturday night, under the lights. Purdue 41, Nebraska 20. All right. Big Purdue win there for you. Uh, do you want to give me Charlie Jones' numbers, even though he's fallen off quite a bit now that teams are yes. focusing on him? Uh, six for 84, one TD. Eight? Okay, there we go. All right. I am going uh, – I'm going to go – oh, man. I'm going to go 38 to 17. Solid. Purdue's going to win. Um, Charlie Jones, I'm going to – 
I'm going to go low for him this week and hope he can surprise me. I'm going to go four catches, 42 Ooh, yards, no low. touchdowns. I'm 90% sure you're I, You know, I think like I am too. <laughs> but I know, I know, there it is. I know Charlie Jones is a big listener. Uh, so I'm going to say he's going to have a bad game just to motivate him. So just keep in mind, if he has a great game, this is all because of me. But if he has a terrible game, just remember I called it. Sounds right. Yeah. You're a lawyer. So I can't, I can't lose, can't lose I on that one. It's like when ESPN puts out their predictions for games, but they put him as a percentage. Yeah. You can't I believe in you. Like I believe in Charlie Joe. Thank you. But my point is you can't lose. If you guess a percentage, right. you can say, I think Purdue's going to win this game. I think I'd give it a 60% likelihood. And then they lose. And people are like, you said that you gave it a 60%. Yes. But that means there was a 40% chance they were going to lose. No so, one does that. ESPN has a thing on every single matchup and every single college football game with the exact percentages of what they think is who is going to win. They do that yeah, for every single game. They do it, but like people don't do that. It's a computer I mean, program. You're not a computer program. Right, but it was programmed by who? A computer. People. People. Uh, wrong. It's not artificial intelligence. You have no proof of it. Fair enough. All right, there we go. Casey and I both have Purdue winning. Oddly enough, we both have Purdue winning by 21 points. Um, but there you go, folks. Let's hope we are right. Love to see a big Purdue victory as we march to the Big Ten West title. Boiler up. Boiler up. Boiler up. Boiler up.